Morocco. And I'm Marcy. And welcome back to the Color Pages Book Club. Yes, that's right. It is that bi-weekly podcast that focuses mm. on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism <laughs> written by writers from colorful backgrounds. <laughs> uh, yes, colorful backgrounds. Uh, yes, and today we're going to be doing another episode of our summer short series. So Ooh. for those of you who may not know, um, or if you're new, hi, Marcy, Akko, you know. Um, So for our summer short series, basically what we do over the summer is that rather than talking about our typical novels, we sort of move into like shorter genres of literature, Mm -hmm. things like short stories, plays, stuff like that. Nonfiction. We do all sorts of wild stuff. All types of shit. Mm. And uh, this episode is no different because today we're actually going to be talking about an anthology called Love Beyond Body, Space, and Time, an LGBT and two-spirit sci-fi anthology, which was edited by Hope Nicholson. So, super hype. They're about, I think there's about eight contributors to this anthology, Mm -hmm. um, all with these different, like, short stories and poems that we're going to, like, talk about. So, the way we're going to do this episode for the, okay, so... Shout out if you if you've listened to this episode before. But um last summer we actually talked about who not me forgetting. Oh my god. Nisi Shawl. Um original yes. speculative fiction by people of color. I was gonna that be was like, an anthology as well. You know that <laughs> we sci fi book? I was gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> We that did book something the similar in the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nishi Shaw's was a really good um, anthology, and wasn't the author of Mexican Gothic was also yeah Silvia yeah. um, Moreno Garcia. Yeah, we yes. um, yeah we talked about one of her short stories, and it mm-hmm. was lit. But um, but yeah, so for that episode, what we did was that basically we um we chose two stories that the both of us read. So we like talked about that in like our kind of like first segment, and then we kind of like branched off and like. Akko read a story that I hadn't read and vice versa. And we basically talked about those like newer stories to one another. So kind of explaining mm-hmm. it to one another and use that as a way to jump into the discussion. And we're going to be doing the same thing for this episode. So, well, kind of. Marcy's going to be doing that. Akko kind of cheated. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing mostly that. So yeah, so in the first section, we're going to talk about two short stories that we both read, and then we're going to take a break, and then go into two short stories that um you know that I read that Aqua hasn't, and vice versa. Yeah. And it should be cute. I'm excited. Summer shorts, woo, you know. Summer like, shorts, we love, woo. We love to see it. So, <laughs> uh, so yes. yeah, so but, exciting. But, yes. Marcy, that was a very loud but. It was like, but? <laughs> um... <laughs> Before we get into that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a question. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what is your question, love? <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, so <clears throat> in one of the stories called Perfectly You, I'm about to give a spoiler, but the whole episode That's fine. is We're going to spoil it anyway. That's true. Yeah. Do they we are- like, wait, real quick, do we ever say that in our podcast? Like, oh, by the way, this is like spoilers. I don't think we like ever say that, like, low key. Oh, oh, dear new and old listeners alike, when we summarize the books, we spoil the whole thing. <laughs> the whole <laughs> The thing. whole book. Sometimes things you didn't even know you didn't want spoiled. We spoil those too. <laughs> um, sometimes we spoil old movies from the 70s and or older. True. We once spoiled Cinderella. If you yeah, we spoiled Star person. Wars, I think. Um, we did, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know just you know listen listen cautiously but um but, <laughs> but in all seriousness usually especially with our novels we'll say in the in the show notes like what chapter we read up until so you can kind of see like okay the, the conversation goes up to here yeah um, also i know yeah. some people who will listen to just the first part of the episode of like a novel and be like wait i actually kind of want to read this book based on this episode and then oh like God. listen That's to so part smart. two once they finish yeah so whatever whatever flows your boat um, hey audience yes Akko? Do that. That's such a smart idea. <laughs> anyway, what what yeah, is your question? Right. Okay, so in in the book, in one of the short stories, perfectly you, the mm-hmm. main character goes into a simulation, and she lives a whole simulated life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very sci-fi y, but it's like magical realism. So I guess like sci-fi mm. realism y. It's not like you know she didn't go into another life and then become like a space pirate or something, right? She just uh, which would have been so fun, but it's truly. Fine. So if you could have a simulated mm-hmm. life, you're still alive, so you're gonna go into the simulation. You're gonna live a whole life and then come Ooh. back. Ooh. What life would you simulate? 
Oh, oh, child. When I tell you, I already know. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. I've been, I've really just, I've, I've, my spirit's like, we've really just been waiting for the moment to someone, okay, for someone to ask us this because thank God. <laughs> so I would very much go on an adventure, like just like a grand adventure, maybe like intergalactic even. Like I love mm. the idea of just like, I think, oh my God, this is like episodes and episodes ago, but I remember there was one question where you asked like, if we, um, it was something like if I was like, if we were like in a video game or like an RPG or something and like, who was our party be? Some shit like that. I remember yeah. talking about kind of something similar to that. And like, I would love to just like kind of do that. So like mm. go on like some intergalactic journey with like a close group of friends. Um, and we just like, un- like, I don't know, solve mysteries or like uncover like, I don't know, government corruption because there's plenty of it. Um, or like just do some kind but of like. But it's space corruption. So exactly. more corruption. Or even if it was on Earth, like, it's, like, something that, like, spans, like, a really large distance, whether within one Mm. country or even across different continents. Like, I love the idea of going on this, like, giant adventure and just, like, on some, like, amazing race type of shit. And it's, like, on some, like, (laughs) Scooby-Doo energy. And, like, we're just, like... I don't know, just like do, like bringing about justice where there like just isn't any, or like we're like aligning ourselves Ooh, with like I social movements. Like I just love this idea of just like going on this like enormous adventure and like uncovering like bullshit that's happening socially, but then like through the process, it's like we each like I don't know our backstories are revealed and we like grow closer to one another. I don't know, maybe we all enter like a polyamorous relationship with one another. Like who even knows? Like I just, I just want to go on a, a like, large, large adventure. <laughs> I love this. Um, there's a book by. Delaney, I believe, is his name. Queer sci-fi author from the 70s and mm. 80s. He, like, writes a bunch of stuff. Anyway, sorry. There's lots of, like, adventure queerness in his stories. Mm. Um, I cannot for the life of me remember his name. And then, you know, Akko will come Wait, is it with... is it Samuel Delaney? Yes, Samuel Delaney. You, I remember you, okay, I remember you've mentioned him before, yeah. Yeah, he does not get enough credit to be honest with you uh, hmm. but to hear neither does Octavia Butler for a really long time so, oh at all yeah um, I feel like people just caught on and then they quickly forgot about Samuel Dillian is also African American I believe did I make that up I also thought that other guy was African American but I thought he was white see Ooh. oh give me one <laughs> second to check let us google broke google.com where you Remember at that one time i thought that one person who definitely wasn't black was black. oh tennessee williams yep that one <laughs> no but i too thought tennessee williams was black girl your name is tennessee williams how are That's you what I'm anyway you know what i me, think he is okay i think i think i mean unless they'd be putting him in, in afro literature books just for the, the culture I, i'm fairly sure he's he's black Oh yes, okay. Oh wow, it makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, don't be girl, wrong again. That, I am infinitely more interested now. In yeah, and there's a lot of queer polyamorous storytelling in the stories. There's a lot of like examination of like gender and pronouns. Oh yes, and oh, even identity, uh, senses of self and other. Like it's very. Some of them are are long. I could only read the short story. I try to read. I think it's. Dal Dal Green, I tried mm. and then I stopped because I, I got tired. But <laughs> maybe I'll try again one day. Anyway, Shit. um, yeah. So maybe hey, we should probably read him for the show. Okay, back to uh, it. Yeah, I'm like next season. But um, but yeah. So I guess very much yeah, Samuel Delaney type energy. And I kind of like as far as like a like a like a time period. I sort of like something more modern. I feel like fantasy mm. can always just like kind of harken back to this like medieval aesthetic. And yeah, I, I would, I, yeah, I'd prefer to do something a bit more, more modern. So I like almost like kind of like a cyberpunk energy. Um, ooh, cyberpunk. Yeah. I feel like I would, I would like very much. Ooh, yeah, that, ooh. that would be my. Ooh, that Yo, would be lit. With like the motorcycle wheels that are like neon colored. Yes, like, like everything's neon. Yes. And, like everyone's in like yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and it's it, like it's Tron. Just, oh my god. Oh yeah, it's it's like super psychedelic. Oh my, yeah, that's very yeah. That is that's the uh, hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's that's what I would yeah. That's what I would do. I really like your choices i think that what's really cool about a simulated life is i feel like you could do multiple i guess this is kind of what video games are but mm-hmm. um so like you could do like a space adventure rpg or you could do like a mm. cyberpunk tron on a motorcycle throwing neon frisbees mm. sometimes i think about like a fun expansive zelda-esque breath of the wild 
Oh, yes. I'm like, you know, that sounds, it sounds really peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, or like an animal crossing. And I'm like, do, 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 do. You know, like, <laughs> Aka, what did you do today? I planted some trees. Um, here are some Which peaches. <laughs> truly sounds beautiful, honestly. Like, right. the older I get, the more I'm just like, wow, to just like be connected with land and just like right. plant. And just sit and just, by a river. And just be thankful that like you're just like in con- like in-, in concert, right, with all of this stuff going on around you. Ugh. And oh my God. So that's the thing. People, we could just do this. <laughs> like in real life no but, that's also like, right like, like, i'm like wistfully looking out the window it's like bitch you could do that like you could actually just do that so yeah yeah but i think <laughs> what i would really like about the, the, the reason i chose this question i think the cool thing about it is the ability to live a bunch of different lives to mm. try a life and then try another life and then try another life which is not something mm. that's completely or even my own life but mm. either knowing what i know now in the past or examining like watching my childhood go on mm. i guess but i'm watching it happen so then you Ooh, know what i mean because then yeah. i feel like i feel like so many things when looked at from my like 28 year old lens would like i feel like i could solve so many of my own hangups mm, you know or yeah. i could just be grateful for things that i maybe am not grateful for now and that would be mm. really cool but of course then the simulation would have to know everything about my past and like every memory <laughs> and <laughs> the question is like would it be an accurate representation of what happened or would it be a projection of my memory into the past Oof. so many questions that's oh that is one hell of a question actually i feel like the coder is like we cannot do that for you so <laughs> it's like that's really Sorry, complicated period so. <laughs> not period um, that's no that's I, i'm so glad you said that because yeah i i think about yeah like who would i even be in mm-hmm. these simulations like would i still be marcy or would i be like right me from the future would i be just me but like I mean, just a completely different social location like different race gender age mm. you know like it's like i would just be a different like I would certainly play with that, I think. Yeah, just to right. kind of like, you just build that like empathetic muscle and be like, yeah, like I'm just going to like literally be, still be myself, but like be a different person altogether. Like just like, it's like the, the like meat costume I'm in is different. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so yeah. I feel huh. like there's a book, another one. This is not by a black person, but it's called The Futurological Congress. Mm-hmm. It's Polish. And it's like, it's kind of like on the same level as like Catch Twenty Two. What's like kind of a dark humor, mm-hmm. kind of like satirical thing. But it's mm-hmm. literally in the story they like go to this. I think futurological is an actual philosophy. I don't know that much about it, but I should because mm-hmm. I read this book. But in the book, <laughs> um, there's like a congress where everyone's talking about the future or whatever, and somehow one of the characters ends up somewhere, and it's like. You know those stories where, like, it felt like very Scooby Doo, where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you thought it was this bad guy, but it's actually this person. But instead, mm-hmm. it's like the story where he's like, I was this person, and then like, but then I went somewhere and I realized that was a simulation, and I was actually this person, and they're like, but that was a simulation too. <laughs> I was actually oh, this person, <laughs> and it just like <laughs> so keeps. <much. laughs> well, it just like keeps going exactly to the point where it becomes absurd, and then it becomes this <laughs> point of like, who am I? Because he changes race, gender, everything, age, everything, existence, and like it, mm-hmm. it really for used to to think i remember reading it in college and being like who are you at your essence if everything Mm. else changes like exactly what we're saying if we move through time space who are we are we who we are in this time and space or are we something more than that or are we something not as expansive as that you know Mm. and once you like get to the edge it's like i don't know (laughs) yeah um that's oof and just like how the world interacts with you how much that informs your sense of self exactly how you see yourself oof so then like we were saying like who are you outside of everything that's happened to you you know the different possible yous are different yous Mm. but i don't know you know they all exist and it's like am i connected to a me that has lived a completely different life but like looks like me or am i more connected to someone who looks nothing like me but has had a similar existence or like Mm. does it not matter i don't know um yeah anyway so that's probably why we don't have simulations because we'd all just have existential crises (laughs) 
Hey, I have an idea. Yes. Should we take a break? Let Yes. <laughs> we, yes, we should. Yes, we should. <laughs> when we get back, we'll get into our plot summary where we both read the story. So it'll be pretty, pretty traditional. But yes, we'll see y'all in a bit. Yeah, Woo. we are. So before we go into our short stories, I have a short <gasps> cultural context. There's a lot of yes. short. Yes, short. We going love on. that. Short we stories. <laughs> we, short we summaries. Love that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So this story is about two spirit people, which is an indigenous term. So I want to give a little background, just because people might not know. So. Two spirit people are identified by many different tribal-specific names and community positions and have been living and loving since time immemorial. And that's important to note because the term two spirits, like the English term, not the Mm. term used by different tribes, Mm, was founded at the third Native American First Nations Gay and Lesbian Conference in Winnipeg in 1990. So, Wait, in 1990? Mm-hmm. The the, wow. the English term, right? It, hmm. That's really so, right, it is. Well, you know, we think that, but it's now like almost 30 years ago. <sighs> it was not. Actually, was it's it? more than 30 years ago. It's 31 years. Oh, my years God. Ago. You know what? I'll just silently have this crisis. <laughs> my bad. I was like, that was like yesterday. <laughs> 1990, that was like Tuesday. Anyway. Oh, my <laughs> It's literally 1990 on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Oh, my God. Computers did not have internet like they do now, and there were no cell phones. Okay. So it was the the conference, not 1990, was intended to gesture (laughs) to indigenous notions of gender outside of Western male and female binaries, while at the same time suggesting that certain sexual, social, and relational identities exist in indigenous communities beyond the anthropocentric formations. Anthropocentric Mm. is a very fun word to say. Anthropocentric. What does that mean? Um, So anthropology is like the study of people, and it's kind Mm. of a Western colonizing study that from like Mm. people still, I mean, it's evolved. Now people study in a more... I guess, understanding light, but its Mm -hmm. history is quite problematic. It is kind of like this, we're going to study people and people groups, but it was very like, we, yeah, 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 very othering, like we, the outsiders can come in and tell you what it is. And so, and label Mm -hmm. things and then say it's always been that way and then fit it into our categories of thinking. Anyway, we don't need to go into it, but anthro, (laughs) there's lots of anthro, the, the, prefix Mm. the prefix anthro is is talking about people so you have Mm -hmm. like anthropomorphic you know the anthropocene i think is Mm. history that humans are the most like affect the earth the most so we live in the anthropocene is it the anthropocene right now i think we do anyway so that's a history (laughs) lesson for everyone and okay sorry if i'm wrong by the way (laughs) so Well, shit, I don't know. So it sounds right to me. So yeah, you got it. I appreciate (laughs) you. Okay, so then the the thing is, for the term two-spirit people, just as a caveat, some people do not like the term and Mm -hmm. they like to use LGBTQIA or they like to just use the word that their ancestral language uses because they were Mm -hmm. like, we don't need a new word because we have a word. But because we're not not First Nations people and we're not indigenous, we're going to say two-spirits because we're not trying to, you know, say things we shouldn't say so that's where we're at and we're gonna read these stories and hopefully talk about them okay yes the first story is imposter syndrome by marie curisato uh she uses she her pronouns the author um she is cote first nation in ojibwa also i think this book is canadian i'm thinking i think so that that tracks actually that actually would make a lot yeah i yeah i think I could be wrong. Anyway, so in Imposter Syndrome, it doesn't matter if it's Canadian or not because it's actually a sci-fi story that takes place in space. (laughs) It's a space. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, woo? Um, 
So basically, the protagonist, Andi, is a android, and she lives on an Earth colony in outer space. And on the colony, humans are referred to as citizens, and everyone is a non-citizen. And since she is an android, she is a non-citizen. So to be a Mm -hmm. non-citizen means you are marginalized, and you can't go on the seed ship, which I think has seeds... No, it doesn't. It takes you to other lands. I don't know why I was like, it had seeds on it. No, it didn't. There were no seeds. Anyway, the seed seed ship takes you to other places. Like you can go, you know, travel the stars and the moons and the planets. So anyway, androids like Anji typically work their whole lives to pass as humans. So we can see that they're, you Mm -hmm. know, social things, issues, structures, tense things. Um, Mm. and so that's what they kind of do to hopefully get access to these spaces of privilege. So that is what Anji is doing. By the way, Anji uses he, her pronouns. So, um, sometimes Anji uses he pronouns when they're Mm. doing certain things. And sometimes she uses she pronouns when she's doing other things. Um, Mm. but also Anji is an android. So really what is gender? Anyway, so. Come on. Right. Like, (laughs) like. (laughs) (laughs) so while passing to be a human she meets angie iron woman who is a human an indigenous woman who actually is on life support in a nearby hospital and angie iron woman i i kind of got the idea that they like look like each other or like they're almost that's what i was thinking too yeah yeah mirror images so it's like (gasps) you know it's like when those shows where you like find your doppelganger and you're like is this Mm. me that's and so she's on life support Anji iron woman and she's like hey do you want to just like assume my body and my identity um cash and she's like interesting (laughs) interesting so basically Anji's like okay i can do like this data interface beep boop 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 and to truly some beep boop boop (laughs) shit because what the fuck was that (laughs) i had no idea what was going on Anji was like i'm gonna hack into the hard drive and then go into the you know i don't know i'm not a coder the motherboard or right (laughs) yeah i'm gonna make a simulation where i can go back in time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, um, so Angie's like, if I hack into the motherboard beep boop machine, I can switch with Angie um, Iron Woman, who is on life support, and then right. switch bodies. Um, cool. The problem is Angie as an android is like over-policed. I know. No one was surprised. And so right. she has to go to the hospital. But there are police everywhere. So it's kind of hard for her to hack into the hard drive and do this whole body switch thing if you mm-hmm. know she gets caught and then arrested. So to get ready to do this whole thing, she, Anji, the android Anji, injects herself Mm -hmm. or himself with serums. And when they do that, they pass as a human. But also when they do that, they get like these flashbacks about Anji's story. So I guess they really are kind of connected. Anyway. Anji Iron Woman story. Yes. Anji Iron Woman. Good call. And so basically Anji is in the hospital because. (sighs) Yeah. She was attacked by her boyfriend because, um, I don't know. Some people are awful. That's all I have to say. Yeah. So Anji, the android, meets with human Anji, and they do like the beep boop thing. Um, mm. and basically Anji switches bodies and takes human Anji off of life support, but in a consensual way. We're not going to talk about that. That's a really deep topic. So we're just going to put a caveat around it and say that is a lot. And mm-hmm. then she gets caught by the police. This new Anji, who is iron. Oh, my God. <laughs> this Anji, who is not the android anymore because they switch places. So I guess, I don't know, human Anji 2.0. Yes. 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 Anji 2.0. I like that. I like that. Yes. There we go. Mm-hmm. So then Anji 2.0, which is now android Anji in human Anji form, is still running because the police are like, we know that you are an android. And she's like, but I'm not an android. And they're like, but mm. we're pretty sure you are an android. And then... They're like, tackle her, and they're performing violent acts. And then a cyborg, no, and then an android named Perry rolls up, and they're like, she's a human. And they're like, we're pretty sure she's an android. Like, we definitely saw her coming into this room as an android, and then we don't know what happened with the beep boop boops, but we're pretty sure. And Perry's like, your story sounds kind of wild. And they're like, hmm, interesting, interesting. And they're like, and Perry's like, also, hello, Anji, I'm in love with you and you're like oh wow this is i mean we got like three pages left and parents like please don't <laughs> can you Akko? can you not i was like okay well anyway so then 
Um, yeah. Anji becomes a human and she goes on the sea ship and then she's surrounded by members of the Star River tribe who embrace and love her. So that's the story. Um, <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> it's not very yep. long. They're short stories, y'all. But a lot of cool yeah. concepts, right? Like, yeah, social. definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... So there was just so much going on in the story. I definitely, I enjoyed the like, so I'm just going to just hop in. We, we, we just going to do a quick discussion. Um, I love it. I loved just like the kind of like the parallels between what was going on with Anji, like cyborg, on, or, sorry, Android Anji and like parallels between that and like, like a gender transition, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, like you definitely saw like a kind of a lot of overlap between just like various things like, you know, hormone replacement therapy or like just various like gender affirmation procedures. Like there, mm-hmm. I feel like there was very much a trans parallel here. The biggest caveat, of course, being that like, you know, while trans people may transition as a form to actualize an, an identity that they are, like I'm not sure if Anji identified as a person. It seemed like it was entirely just to like assimilate within like a social system that otherwise was just like deeply oppressive and so Mm. that kind of got me thinking like i'm just like i I wonder what that feels like to transition but from a space of like kind of like a non-consensual space because i I doubt that otherwise anji probably would would have done anything to kind of change their appearance if society wasn't so terrible you know what i mean like uh, yeah so and 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 certainly and oh sorry well i was just gonna say that's a really interesting point but then and we don't know because the story's really short but Mm -hmm. like we don't know anything about like android culture. Like there's nothing in the story that's like True. We're androids and we actually you know, like the Matrix mm. when they're like, We're android people and we actually like being androids. You know, there's none of there's none of that but that doesn't mean there isn't in it. But I, I guess what I'm saying that's is... A, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. What if there isn't even a language? Because if you're an android, I don't know how far in the future it is, but you're like, there's no conceptualization of me outside of this human narrative which i mean to your point about the, the parallels right um mm-hmm. heteronormative society doesn't and you know actually marcy you know we're talking about indigenous folks and two-spirit people maybe there is that sense of like this western culture is just you know i mean it is it's like we're forced to reconcile our existence with this western culture for resources and stuff Mm -hmm. because of the colonizer so we have to fit our complex identity into a narrative that they Mm -hmm. have created so maybe there's more parallels than we think definitely to be fair you said there were parallels so i don't know why i said that (laughs) (laughs) no 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 cosine heavy heavy cosine it's just also just a really interesting exploration of sort of like the intersection of like transition and just sort of like yeah like like kind of what you're talking about like survival and assimilation Mm -hmm. and just like it's yeah there's a lot going on in in like a pretty short short story story. but um yeah i would have loved to have seen yeah some more some more of angie's psychology as far as like just yeah like their thoughts on the whole because you you could tell that like you know angie wanted to transition to be a person because society sucks but like like what are your like like subtracting the society piece like what are your like just what are your thoughts on mm. i guess like androidness versus like personhood and you know like yeah that right. kind of because you're you're giving version. up like a you know like you're giving up something to become a human right like if you're right. an android like humans cannot be boop into other people's minds as far as right. i remember so and so there's almost a you know you're that's a really interesting point and but then also on the reverse anji iron woman she is on life support she can't like go anywhere in her physical body and so it seems like Mm. she wants what anji the android has which is you know that limitless possibility of movement and Mm. right because they're switching so i would have liked to hear more about well i guess oh shit right didn't mm. didn't she yeah so like interesting maybe maybe she didn't switch maybe they just she just passed away but I would have loved to see that her point of view Mm -hmm. on G Iron Woman being like, I'm in the human body and I don't actually want to be in it. I want to be in your Android body. Anyway, Mm. it was cool. Or even just like the fact that she was even in a position to, to give up her body was after like experiencing so much violence, you know, like it's just like, that's that's just, but it could be quite freeing. Right. It just, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot going on. Definitely an interesting story. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any other thoughts on that? Eh, I think it's fine. It's always, I don't know, it's interesting whenever there's like a like a 
futuristic yeah. story that's like super oppressive and i'm like girl y'all are like in outer space like why are we still doing this shit <laughs> but anyway, i will say uh, <laughs> i will say what i do like about this story is this is why i like high fantasy and sci-fi like this is a lot to think about you're like uh-huh what about this and then what about this and there's like mm, yeah. so many parallels but also it's not necessarily parallel and that's fun and interesting and that's i think partially why this anthro anthology was written yeah that's that's real do you want to talk about perfectly you yes so pivoting a little bit so now i'm going to talk about a story called perfectly you which was written by david a robertson who uses he him pronouns and identifies as cree irish and english so the story is like pretty cut and dry. It's like it's it's very it's like okay. Let me just talk about it. So it's a neat, cute kind of. I'm I'm like be I'm like literally smiling from like ear to ear. Um. So basically, our story stars a young girl named Emma. She's about 17 years old, and basically. Emma, what we pretty much know about her is that like she has a huge crush on this other girl named Cassie, who's around the same age. And so Emma is <laughs> so like Emma just has this huge crush on Cassie. Like she loves Cassie and basically talks about Cassie to like all of her friends and family. <laughs> so much so that everyone's like, girl, what? Like, can you talk to Cassie? Like, talk to us about Cassie. Like, can can you talk to Cassie about Cassie? Because girl, we don't care. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like they support her, but they're also like, girl, like you, you really like can we just can can you just talk to her, please? Mm. Um so you're probably wondering, like, you know. Who is Cassie? Who is this person? How did they meet? So for context, mm, context, they essentially met because one day, I think Emma was like at like a cafe or something like that and was like looking for a place to sit and like saw Cassie from like across the room and was like, oh, Loki, Loki, she like really cute. And also like she got a ta- like she got a chair next to her. Let me just. So she like walks over to Cassie and she's like, hey, like, you know, do my wife stay here? And Cassie's like, yeah, girl, that's fine. And so they like just kind of get to chatting. They like actually have a pretty good conversation. And then afterwards, Cassie gives Emma a picture of her and like her number on the back. The picture seemed really intimate but you know whatever it is i love that and so emma has this picture still as well as cassie's contact information has she ever called cassie no No, because she's nervous Mm -hmm. so that's for context and so fast forwarding a little bit emma actually won a contest where basically she got to try like a new like virtual reality program and she's like of course like super down so the story actually starts with her being in that same um vr office and basically she, i don't know there's like a psychiatrist like asking her questions and like i don't know there's like microaggressions and bullshit but whatever basically yeah yeah like she's just like kind of there kind of learning what the vr program experience is going to be like and so she talks to the person who's, like, facilitating it. It's, like, another person. And they, like, attach all these, like, stickers to her and shit. And basically she is told that, like, she'll go through this program. And essentially what will happen is that, like, she'll only be gone for, like, three or so minutes in, like, real, in the real world. But, like, the VR program will feel like years. Like, it'll feel mm-hmm. like an entire lifetime. So she goes she goes under, right? And basically, like, before she, like, goes under, like, she just feels all this pain surging from, like, the stickers and shit that were put on her. And then, like, she hears the person that was, like, connecting her to all these things being like, oh, God, this is bad. This is bad. Oh, fuck. And then she just, like, everything Would just goes like, to black. you, like, never want to hear. <laughs> you never. That's, like, it, it's, like, that's the most distressing shit to hear before yep. just, like, completely going unconscious. And so she goes unconscious. She wakes up in a hospital room and she's told by a nurse there named Maggie that um, she's been in a coma for 68 years yeah. and now she's 85 years old. And so Emma... Just, just to note, she was 17 before. She was so 17. Yeah. So Emma is naturally shooketh. She's like, mm. "What? I'm 85. Like, what the fuck? And so it's obviously a lot to process. And so... Maggie just kind of throws in Maggie again as the nurse kind of just throws in that Cassie. So if y'all remember, Cassie the girl, is now the woman that, you know, Emma had this huge crush on, whatever. She's like, oh, like Cassie would actually visit, you know, every now and again, just to kind of make sure you're okay. And Emma's like, wait, like Cassie what? from like, what? Like, that's wild. And Maggie's like, yes, I mean, I could, I could let her know that, uh, that you woke up and Emma's like yeah yeah please do that like immediately and then Maggie's like okay shit like like, like, I'll do it fuck let me get my super my my future cell phone exactly (laughs) (laughs) so basically Cassie starts coming over they start these like really cute rituals where like you know she'll kind of come every so often and then just kind of becomes more frequent and Emma of course you know is grieving a lot about a life that she's essentially lost like you know her parents are no longer alive like a lot has really shifted she's like really devastated but like takes a lot of solace in hearing about Cassie's life so Cassie 
podcast mm-hmm. it talks about how you know she you know at one point fell in love and like she's now divorced and just all these different things and right? cassie and so, was hanging like, out with her parents yeah and cassie yeah like cassie really got to know like her parents mm-hmm. and like just kind of really became part of like emma's circle in a way that was just like very beautiful and so like she never really forgot about emma so emma's like you know there's i'm 85 and like there's a lot but also like I still really love Cassie and like Cassie also really loved me and like you know Cassie would be like you know all those years ago like why didn't you ever call me like you know I was really excited like I really wanted to like you know I always wonder like what would have happened if we had gone together rather than you know my wife and I who you know I later um, separated from and like it's just like this whole it's like a really interesting exploration but um it's really cute this goes on for like I would say maybe a couple months maybe a couple Mm -hmm. years and eventually Emma actually dies so she dies but feeling like this kind of great sense of like peace and healing afterwards so i say dies but really she actually woke up (gasps) from the simulation (laughs) and she wakes up in the real world again so 17 years old cat's still alive her parents still alive she's back in the world she's back in the space um the person who did the simulation is like yeah it's been a like like two minutes two or three minutes like i said like yeah that was that was pretty much it she was like did you enjoy it and emma's like yeah that was that was really beautiful. So she like looks around. She's like very thankful to be there. She like feels this like newfound confidence and courage mm. to like get to know Cassie. And she's like, okay, like I got, I'm 17. Like I got this. Like let's let's do it. So um, that's how the story ends. And I'm not like I just <laughs> loved this story. I love this story so much. It is just okay. I do this thing where sometimes when I read really early in the morning or when I read right in the morning, I just get very like sentimental and like woo woo and just like and like just really deep in my feelings. So I read this literally at like five thirty AM and like it just touched every part of my spirit. Like I was just like I just like to just love and feel this much. I mean, granted, yeah. I mean, like, is like, is like, is Emma doing a lot? Yeah, like, is Emma, <laughs> like, like, Emma, Loki looking a little, little uh, dehydrated with this whole situation with Cassie, <laughs> a little thirsty. But I don't know, just like to to just have such a like almost chaotic sense of like affection for someone that like you still don't like. I don't know that you that's motivating you to like get to know them and like I I can imagine too. You know, they're seventeen. This is probably the first time this ever happened. There's just such a like earnestness in the story that i was Mm. like i just it is so cute it is just cute and i i'm sure there are plenty of critical things to unpack but i'm like this is a cute ass story and girl (laughs) whatever (laughs) so those are my thoughts what did you think akko (laughs) i it's really funny because this was i chose this one and marcy chose the other one but i i like this one less than the one about the cyborg i mean Mm -hmm. the one about the android sorry they say cyborg in the in the the short story too anyway but um <laughs> well oops we had it's a fine. whole conversation about a cyborg versus androids anyway that's not the point okay um i like it more now that you've expressed your feelings about it like the <laughs> idea that it's like chaotic youth love i was like huh mm-hmm. that's a good point and then also the idea that that chaotic youth love would last into the future like sustainably well, I guess mm. in the simulation until the first one was 85. It's pretty dope as a concept, you know? Like, we kind of keep young love, that vibrancy in youth, and then we kind of mm. are like, you need to grow out of it. So the idea that someone, and granted, this could be Emma's imagination <laughs> that Cassie would do that <laughs> since it's her simulation, but you know what I mean? Right. It's almost like it's almost like the simulated life was like a embodiment of the depth or like, you know, the intensity of her emotions. Mm. So that's pretty dope. I, I yeah. guess I'm a little bit like, Oh, you know, the first thing you fall in love with at 17 is not that yeah. serious, but you know what? That's actually not necessarily true either. Cause you could fall in love with someone at 17 and then it'd be that serious. So I was kind of like, eh, Sure. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be like more, you know, because I tend to be like a little bit like whatever. But I, I, you know, this is the stuff of life. You live, you fall in love, you mm-hmm. end up in a simulation for 68 years. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think in that regard, it's cute. And then also the thing that got me, I think that I, I was like, OK, I actually feel this pretty deeply was the idea of it was really cool that the author decided to make emma go into a coma for 68 years instead of live a life for 68 years Mm, because it makes you think like oh you know the time passes either way and what do you do you know it basically was basically like 
appreciate your life. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and that is a really strong to wake up at 85, knowing that you didn't get 68 years of your life is a really poignant <laughs> thing yeah. so then to get the chance to live those 68 years you know because it was like everyone's mm. like why don't you just talk to cassie she's like i'm too afraid and you're like well you might you know in this simulation you want 68 years so maybe talk to cassie exactly. and it kind of reminds us that we should you know not like carpe diem but like a little bit carpe diem but also like yeah appreciate yeah. your family and that was interesting when cassie was like yeah i've talked to your family she's like i don't even know my family anymore it's like you've known my family longer than i've known my family yeah so it's like yeah you know things don't last forever so i really liked Oof. that yeah aspect of it the author also I agree oh thanks the author also said that he wanted to write a story that kept you on your toes i guess like it, it kind of like subverted your expectations and i think that's true i really thought when she went into the simulation it was like oh now 60 or eight years of a whole life and she's probably gonna meet cassie and fall in love with her and then they're gonna have and they're like nope none of those things happened and i was like cool 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 yeah i've been subverted so (laughs) true and honestly i just and and, and you already mentioned this but yeah i just i love the depiction of an older romance like both of them being like in their mid 80s and being like we're just like mm-hmm. deeply in love and like this is how we're expressing it. like i just i loved that so like just like an older queer romance i just mm. I, li- I live i'm like yes yes i'm like please project queerness into the future yes please Ooh. show the case this like in you know like as as far as like potential you know i mean granted like yeah like me 68 years of coma that's wild but like i don't know i just i, I really loved that so much mm-hmm. so i yeah it's it's a it's just a, it's just such a it's just it's, it's just cute and i'm sure there's something also here about like i don't know like whiteness and medical establishments and like you know the exploitation i don't know of, like, if there is at the very beginning i felt like there was and then it kind of just like they were like we're just gonna talk about emma and cassie now (laughs) we're we're just gonna kind of leave that because the psychiatrist was just being mad weird and was just like oh like making all these assumptions about emma because she's cree and i was like that's not that's not how that works and but also trying to like have this like faux objectivity about about Mm -hmm. him that was like this is you're clearly biased as fuck like what so it just made me think about just like psychology and just like social science in general and just how much of like there's like People always tout it as being like super objective and whatever, whatever. But I'm like, I mean, is it? This is one of many paradigms. That and exists. you know, like, this is yeah. That's a good point so. because so you're able to make a simulation machine <laughs> that can simulate a whole life, but you're gonna have some like really archaic, racist like assumptions, right? About indigenous folks like that, and I think that parallel, right? Like, oh, you're. I think you're right. There are times we're black. Like you go to the hospital, mm-hmm. they say weird stuff, and you're like, didn't yeah. you just like invent? like a thing that gives you shot a shot without even having to prick you and they're like yes we did and you're like and you still think black people don't feel any pain and they're like i'm sorry are those two things incongruous like, <laughs> it's like no. are they related i don't <laughs> right you're like see the relationship oh <laughs> like, never mind i'm gonna just take my like lollipop and my band-aid that's not in my shade exactly <laughs> You know what's so funny? I didn't realize that band-aids were even supposed to mimic skin color until, like, honest, literally my adult life. Like, I just assumed that band-aids were supposed to stand out. I didn't realize that, that like... too, yeah. Or even, like, when people call things flesh-colored, I was like, I just thought that was, like, a weird, like, yep. I don't know, relic of the past. Like, I was just like, oh, like, maybe back in the day, like, this is, like, like apricot or something. I don't know. It was just, like, well, you a, know what like I, a thing. I thought but, it was. You know how, like, when you get a scratch and you, there's no melanin? I thought that's what they meant by flesh-colored. Like, because flesh, mm. to me, feels like not... Flesh feels like, you know, the the meaty part, <laughs> the part under is the skin. So I was like, oh, yeah, that is, yeah. is flesh-colored. It's your flesh. And then I was like, yeah. for nude, I just... I don't know. Maybe I thought you, like, took off your skin. <laughs> right. Like, I just... Yeah, I don't... I, yeah, I was like, clearly this is just some some other shit and then they're right. like no band-aids are supposed they're supposed to blend in with your skin and right. i'm like what the fuck i was like, like you've been failing me all these years i was a smooth 22 i'm not even gonna lie to y'all i dead at, truly i had no idea so I mean, 18 18 19 i would say it was yeah it was did not realize that but um that's a whole oh, that's a whole story. other conversation but um no, let's take wild. a little bit of a break yeah oh, sorry i was gonna say i was gonna make a smooth transition but you did a better job <laughs> you're <So>. fine <laughs> but yes let's take 
<laughs> People listening are like, how long has it been? <laughs> it has been two plus years. How are y'all still, still struggling? This. <laughs> this is your show. You made the format. They're like, like anyway. there's a document. <laughs> you could just. We don't write okay. in the transitions. Okay. <laughs> you need to understand it's that. It's just, it is simply. <laughs> it, yes. So let us take a break. Mm-hmm. And then when we get back, we'll yeah. You know, yeah, do our story swap. So, I love it. See you in a bit. Woo. And we're back. Woo. So, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I guess I'll go first um, and talk about the story that I read, which I was this. called The Boys Who Became the Hummingbirds by Daniel Heath Justice, who uses he, him pronouns and identifies as Cherokee. So... I just this uh, this anthology just oh my god the emotions let me just okay mm, <clears throat> okay excited. so Akko this is what happens in the story Ooh. so essentially the story is basically kind of like a teaching of remembrance so kind of giving like a like almost like a fairy tale folk tale type of energy so basically what happens is that back in the day there was a town that was like super beautiful but like a no longer is essentially right now it's like it's kind of in ruin right so like plants are withering the water is like oh no not particularly clean things are kind of falling apart and like the the town is just like kind of dying and like that sort of misery transfers to the people that live there so people Mm. who live there just tend to be very just sort of like somber and to themselves there's not really a lot of like community or sort of effervescence or shine in, in the people that live there but there's a strange boy there who's named Strange Boy of all things. We love to see it. So Strange Boy somehow knew that the that the place that he lived in was actually once very, very beautiful. And so he's put it upon himself to kind of bring back that beauty. He's like, he's like, I know this place has so much potential. I know there's so much like magic here. I really want to activate it. So he kind of goes on this whole crusade where, you know, in this in this attempt to sort of like bring back these halcyon days, he starts kind of moving through like every day he'll like wear these like really bright colors and he'll just kind of like dance like he'll like find groups of people and he'll just like dance and sing and just be like just happiness incarnate essentially will just like show up in this like really bright way to kind of just bring out that magic in people but you know people don't really like it they're like okay mama you're doing a lot Um, we're miserable here like why are you doing like you're doing a lot and so Mm. unfortunately he would actually like Sometimes people will like beat him up or like just kind of like say like really awful things to him. Like he would just be really mistreated. And uh, because of this, he often actually slept like at night. He would actually usually sleep outside, like sort of in these more like, cavernous areas of the town while he was like, you know, sleeping at night. Like sometimes like folks would like visit him like these. These would be more so like sexual like Ooh, prospects and like he would mm. like kind of fuck around with people. I think there's like a metaphor there about maybe just like there's like some kind of like closet metaphor happening or just to kind of showcase maybe like a closetedness as far as like being willing to like accept one's magic is like strange boy was just so happy that people wouldn't really want to showcase it in public, but maybe they were like actually with the yeah, shit. I think there is that metaphor. There's also, I feel like the LGBTQIA unhoused situation. Yeah, and absolutely. That's definitely in there too. Sorry. Continue. Definitely. Definitely. So, so last symbolism there. So anyway, so moving on. So one day actually, so the town basically was just like strange boy. We're tired of your shit. We're sick of your shit. Um, <laughs> you gotta boy. go. So they banished him. Oh, so no. he sent away and he's like really devastated. And later actually there was, um, so there was actually a guy who lived in the town who actually came to visit him and basically joined him in exile. Oh. Cause strange boy was like, was like sleeping outside and like, yeah, this guy joined him. The guy in coming back was like, yeah, like, you know, I always really loved like the energy that you brought, but I never felt brave enough to say anything or do anything when people would harass you. But I always deeply agree with everything that you did. And oh, I'm just wow. sorry. I just wasn't brave, but like you've really activated something within me. So the two of them get to know each other. Long story short, they fall in love. And as a result, they kind of become hummingbirds together. So them becoming hummingbirds oh. is essentially this like, it's a transformation that they can do sort of like at will, right? Oh, so okay. it's like they turn into hummingbirds. Like the and an- like when they're hum- Exactly. So it's like they can turn into hummingbirds, but they can also turn back into people, right? And so oh. Oh, during oh, the day, bad. so that's essentially what happens. So during the day, they'll like become hummingbirds and they'll dance together and they fly together. And essentially them being hummingbirds, is like, a physical manifestation of them being sort of just their most aligned, most centered, yeah. most joyous, like most so, in love, like just very much that. Plus, like in line with nature too. Like that's exactly sounds very happy. Mm. Exactly. So they kind of like just dance throughout the day as hummingbirds, and then like they'll become people at night, typically to like just 
you know, make love and just like be together and like Ooh. enjoy. I think the the story said like enjoy more earthly pleasures, <laughs> um, which we love to see. Well, if you had the choice to be a hummingbird and a human, like yeah, come on, I, I, you had to switch between. Like, you know, absolutely, yeah. come on, absolutely, I would do the same shit. Yeah, mm. like, like let's just keep it a bug. But so yeah, so the two of them just kind of live this like idyllic life. It's really beautiful. One day, actually, they go back to the town as birds. So it's during oh. the day, and I guess that's while they're birds, they can see into the hearts of people. Hmm. And so they're flying around the town and they're noticing that a lot of people's hearts have like kind of a similar vibrance in them. Like they can kind of see, you remember how like in the Grinch stole Christmas, like his heart was in that like, like metal cage for most of the movie. And then like at the end, like it kind of grew so large that it burst out of the cage. It was kind of giving that like, wait, that's not what that was. Wait, what? No, that was an x-ray. It didn't. I'm fairly sure it didn't burst out of the cage. It just was. (laughs) <laughs> oh an x-ray God. of his heart which is also absurd so it's not, but i could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> that actually that's not i could be that's wrong embarrassing. anyway but, um, that's not the story can continue that's it's totally oh, wow let, let, yeah anyway so essentially people's hearts are trying to break out they like are on the verge of just like shining and like reaching that place of like realization actualization but they just need a little bit of like courage so essentially the two of them as birds strange boy and i forgot the other guy's name shadow boy i think was his name anyway basically the two of them like fly around the town and they essentially like free people's hearts and so as people's hearts become freed they like become hummingbirds as well so it kind of becomes this like giant spectacle of like hummingbirds and dancing and joy yeah and like but at the same time there are also people who their hearts also wanted to be released. They also kind of like saw the spectacle and wanted to join it, but they also felt deeply mm. jealous and like hateful that people could like reach a place of like self-understanding and self-actualization in, in a way that they could not. So that some of them like, so some of these people like took rocks and would throw them at the hummingbirds and shit. And so some mm. of them actually died, unfortunately. Oh no. Um, and it showcased that like, yeah, like some people are just afraid of being free. They're afraid of like the unknown potential of what, what it would mean for them to be free or Who to like yeah. acknowledge and accept that like they haven't been free for most of their lives, if mm. at all. And so it's this really interesting thing, but basically long story short, like the hummingbirds end up essentially prevailing where it's like Yay. most people become hummingbirds. And essentially in the town, it kind of becomes that same thing where people like, it's like, I, I think basically everyone who became birds that day that weren't the two of the lovers, like essentially went back to being people. But as people, they remembered that teaching of that they had when they were birds. And so mm. the two kind of go down in history as like being the ones to sort of like activate people's hearts and like getting them to a space of like just like unfettered self-love that like hadn't yeah. existed before. And it just kind of remains the teaching of, of folks who live in that in that town. So now the magic is back. The beauty is back. Everyone, everything's fine. Yeah. And everyone inside pretty much, yeah, begins to realize, like, the infinite beauty and, like, boundless wonder that each of them possesses, thanks to our two hummingbird pals. So, that's how the story ends, and I j- well, one, do you have any questions? Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do I have any questions? No, this story pretty much makes sense. I really mm-hmm. like it. It kind of reminds me, one, of the episode of... um powerpuff girls when they lose all the color and then bubbles has to play the drums yes yes yep oh my god wow we are 90s children (laughs) yeah that's why we thought it was yesterday anyway but um (laughs) (laughs) so it reminds me of that which i love and then it also you know i was expecting this anthology to be different i was expecting like more space and time probably more sci-fi but this is the same this to me feels like a new folklore we have all these folkloric stories that are supposed to right they were usually supposed to be like guides to morality and they're kind of archaic now but this is kind of mm-hmm. the same thing in just the future you know where it's like this um i don't know like you know how like the, the story it's like way back in the day this thing happened you're mm-hmm. like did that really happen everyone's like who cares <laughs> but it's like, we don't yeah the hummingbirds <laughs> came and they show this you know and so it's like this idea of like in the society we live in now that is does have climate change problems and mm-hmm. loneliness epidemics and sorrow you know there's a story of strange boy who comes in and kind of as like a metaphorical hero to like bring back yeah. love and understanding and to remind us that you know that's something we should be and then that the the villain you know we're we're so removed from the villains of the past like Mm -hmm. the way we told stories about them but this villainy is is very 
apropos, I suppose, to the present. Um, mm. So then I guess yeah. in like 500 years, they'll be like telling it from the other side. Why were these humans felt trapped and like they couldn't be free? And you're like, that's mm. actually a fair point. Why do they feel that way? Is it trauma? Is it social conditioning? Yeah. Anyway, right. so that was my thoughts. I really liked your yeah. telling. It's very cute. Thank you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a very sweet story, and I loved. I loved the nature aspects of it. I loved that, like, when everyone pretty much reaches reached a place of like just true alignment and like love of self. Like there was a transformation into mm-hmm. into something that was not human, and it kind of like communicated to me how like I feel like we always as as people we sort of tout oh like people are the most intelligent or like you know like we have the highest intellectual capacity of like mm-hmm. any living species or whatever there's a lot of like self-congratulation that we give ourselves as people and it's like i think that there's a lot of just sort of like wisdom and like basic understanding of like what what this world is that like a lot of animals living have. beings have a lot of yeah. animals have that like you know, i feel like we often we lose as people often yeah so and you know the interesting not to be like here's a history but the idea of humans conquering nature is not, first of all, like culturally transcendent, nor has it been true throughout all the time. Like, the yeah. Enlightenment period in the Western, whatever you call timeline, was like, we have invented everything and humans are superior and we know everything mm. and we'll put everything into categories and we will be the conquerors of nature. We'll make it bend to our will. We're like other cultures mm. that were both like contemporaries and predecessors and after we're like mm-hmm. um that's i feel like we should probably be in communication with nature and trying to conquer right. it is likely a bad idea that won't work and is not what we're here to do and they're like we yeah. will use violence and colonization to make you not say that anymore exactly yeah and, and and thank you so much for saying that because yeah especially when we're talking about like indigenous storytelling is just like this is like those themes and having these paradigms of like yeah let's challenge all of that like nature is not something to be like dominated or like to be like like exactly conquered like that's like what like what the fuck like it's like that's not it's unnecessary it's not really necessary and it doesn't really it doesn't honestly well and also we just, are nature sorry like humans are nature Everything, right so we can't that's like being like we should conquer the galaxy you can't we're in the galaxy how are you going to conquer it They're like, I don't exactly. know. go outside of it i don't know but my point is we are we in the modern times we have we still have that lingering enlightenment period tradition of thinking we're separate from nature right. in the popular imagination because western colonialism is like a global phenomenon that influences everyone's way of thinking now but in actuality like you're saying it's kind of making us sick and kind of like the story is saying it's mm. out of balance and we should think about that. Yeah. And and I will say just my last thought is that um and I loved that that potential to to change to to yeah. forgive for the land itself to be forgiving of mm. those who were on it like is I, I found that really beautiful that the, the land was actually able to like be revitalized and come back and that it wasn't Yeah scornful and it's not to say that like mm-hmm. we should just it like oh just scornful. do whatever and like who gives a fuck because like we're gonna be like the land will forgive us anyway <laughs> but like i i just love that there was like a almost like a transcendent understanding of like yeah. you know sometimes we go through these periods but like we find ourselves again mm-hmm. um but i know, feel like that was just really beautiful um i so. love that idea of the land being forgiving mm-hmm. i also here's a weird thought that like land or the earth nature transcends even like our concept of like forgiveness right like it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of humans do a certain thing for a while and then they stop doing it so it's like Mm. there's something almost transcendental or godly about nature in that way you know it's a sentience that's above us like we even like we're like man i hope the land forgives us but the land's like oh i'm on like a sentience that's like three levels higher than that (laughs) (laughs) your question is irrelevant and you're like oh cool 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 and then they're like i'm also over hierarchy so you're really anthropomorphizing me which we talked about at the beginning okay cool um and even like what if that extended beyond like land itself like what if that understanding this sort of like transcendent like understanding of like what this is Mm -hmm. and like to the point where like a lot of our questions just seem irrelevant like what if like other forms of life have that as well like what if there's oh, like I, there's like I a incredibly think that yeah yeah like interesting I, we only know our own sentience like we don't know the sentience of like plants which talk to each other by right. the way we don't know the sentience yeah. of like 
of a planet. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it sounds kind of wild to say, but I really, we wouldn't be able to comprehend if plants had a sentience. Like we wouldn't, what, mm-hmm. what, what would we know? Like I was reading this article that was like, yeah, computers can talk to each other in the fourth dimension. And I was like, so we're just going to let that, <laughs> no one's going to, are we okay with that? And they're like, I mean, wait, what, wait, what does that mean? Oh my God. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just read an article. Maybe <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> but, the f- but what I was the fourth dimension. Oh my God. Well, okay, I think I'm... it's a probability. It's a conversation <laughs> in probabilities. I, I don't know. Like I said, I read one article and I studied history, not science. But the point, my, <laughs> my think, or even, let's take a different metaphor. Like dogs can see a different range of light and hear a different range of sound. You know what I mean? So how mm. can we say what a sentient being is when their range of senses or even their lifespan of existence is longer or shorter than ours? Mm. So. Right. Or even just like philosophical capacity and exploration that other yeah. forms of sentience have because like how would you even measure that like, right. how, like how do we really know what like a dog is thinking right it'd be like a, a cell in our body being like i guess i'll figure out what the human is thinking and you're like <laughs> right <laughs> how, <laughs> how would you even do that <laughs> i feel like the cell's like i am trying to use my mitochondria or something anyway it's again the cell isn't saying anything because it's a cell okay <laughs> mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> i know anyway, that's exactly um, my thought too i was like <laughs> boop 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 like the one thing <laughs> i remember from- <laughs> um okay. i was gonna say that i wanted to talk about my story but then i didn't because i like the note that we end on with your story so the only thing i will say is that mm-hmm. the last story is a poem called parallax by Cleo Kina, and he is Ojibwa and Mescaui. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a really dope poem because I think he he specifically says, he uses he, his pronouns, he specifically says that he is trying to ruin the English language. And I mm-hmm. really love anything that like fucks with form, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of uses, it's a very poetic poem, obviously, mm-hmm. Poem, but um, there are just some lines in there that are really beautiful, and it's talking about you know coming of age. I think it's a difficult coming of age, not an easy one, um, mm-hmm. and the language reflects that difficulty and that dissonance. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a couple lines I really like. There's one that says, "You're dreaming boyhood into life again. You're faking manhood into strife again." Which Oof. I think, yeah, right. The, the just having those two sentences conjunct each other was dope. And then there is another one that says, no chance to misstep if you know where to hide. You chance a misstep when there's nowhere to hide. And I thought that was really cool because it's basically... Oh least, my God. Right. Okay. Yeah, right? And I was like, this is really dope because the point is that you can hide behind gender and use it as a safety for your coming of age. And then no one will say you messed up. You know, and that's true about a mm-hmm. lot of privilege, right? Like a lot of people do that. Heteronormative people majority people you know you can mm-hmm. follow the rules and you never have to examine yourself or think things through and it seems so much more obvious when a marginalized person is coming of age in a way outside of the social norms because there's nowhere to hide you know there's nowhere to hide in the social norm and so you make quote-unquote mistakes but you're like no i just actually had to choose whereas other people didn't have to you know um yeah so anyway, Parallax is cool. Yeah, that I I love that. I, I wow. How long is it? Like I, I kind of want to read oh, it. Like, yeah, it it's it's only really like three pages. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a poem, so um nice. And even just like this intersection of like it's like disrupting the English language and also just disrupting these like sort of common notions around gender and how like, I don't know, it just makes me think about how like language can facilitate a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like how like, like a strict form to language yeah. could in, in itself be Repressive. a form of oppression. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Especially, I'm, I'm especially like, again, <laughs> talking about like not to go too much into indigenous history or speak out of turn, but there was a lot of taking forced mm-hmm. language removal, you know, like you right. cannot speak your language and, and then forcing this language. So it's like, okay, wait, you want me to identify myself through 
the language of the colonizer and to find mm. space for myself in there. But I'm not allowed to screw with it in any way. And they're like, no. And you're like, okay, well, let me, Clearly was like, let me just put pen to paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and it, there's something very liberating about it. It reminds me of um, mm. trans dip. I can't remember the title. It's in a book we read. It was another anthology by Corey Bratby Rudd. She's the oh my, she's ooh. the editor. But the Cramstiptic Chance something. I will put it in the show notes. I should remember. Yes. <laughs> yes. But um <laughs> that author did the same sort of language ruining. <laughs> and specifically the term, which I really should have remembered is for trans people by trans people you know it's a oh my god yes i know exactly what yep okay Mm -hmm. i remember what you're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah anyway so a similar kind of idea Corey bradbury rudd's book is really good too by the way if you want to read it yeah and if you want to at us and talk about how i said beep boop boop a lot in this episode (laughs) you should go to at the color pages or if you want to talk about on Marcy's, Twitter, yes, on Twitter. Or if you want to talk about Marcy's beautiful hummingbird story, you can go to Instagram at these color pages. You could also talk about my beep boops on Instagram. It's not like one or the other. The beep boops are not exclusive <laughs> to <laughs> social media. Um, yeah, and there's a social media lists. Wait, there is a link tree. Oh my god, we have a link tree. It will be in the show notes and it will be on the internet. We have an email, thesecolorpages at gmail.com. I'm sorry, y'all. And then there's a website. It says thesecolorpages.com on it. And you can see all types of dope stuff. Like when we have collabs, like with Corey <laughs> or yeah. other ones, like with Curtis or yes. Rain, who we had a collab with. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yes. And speaking of link trees, so. Y'all, I mean, this is like, y'all probably already know this, but um, we, so our updated reading list for the summer shorts is on there as well. So if you're curious about what we're going to be reading, not only next, but like in the coming weeks, all of that is is available on our link tree. And also too, I will say this, you know, if this show brought you any love, light, delight, mm, yes, we love to see it. Please leave us some love wherever you are listening to this podcast, which could be Apple Podcasts or not. So just let us know. Also, if you like this episode and you like know someone in your life and you're like, you know what you need right now? Hummingbirds. You know what you need right now? <laughs> like cyborg epics. Like just just shoot the, just shoot them that link. Just shoot them shoot that episode. Them that We'd love link. to see it because, you know, it just helps our community to become just even, even better, even better. And so, yes, let us know wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, as far as our next book, it's going to be very different because it's not a book That's at all. what's up. We're going to be playing a video game, specifically a visual novel called Ooh. Butterfly Soup by Brianna Lay. And um, we're actually going to have some guests Ooh. to talk about it with. And we're so, not going to tell you who you they are, so you can exactly. tune in. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to have that suspense. So um, stay tuned. We're extremely excited for that. It should be super fun. I but feel like they're going to between... be like, can't we just check your show notes to see who's who right. is? Right. Like, but don't. But, like, keep the surprise. <laughs> like, we love a surprise. Right. So just yeah. like, yeah, right, right, right. All but right. yes. But before now and then, or rather between now and then, Akko, is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out? Mm, no just until we see you next time remember to stay stay colorful. colorful